at a certain point, it's not about the technical things. It's not about the the, the stuff you worked out. It's not about the really intricate stuff that that will make everybody go wow and ooh and ah. No, 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 man. At the end of the day, it's about that shit that's inside of you. So you gotta just, like, it's, I feel this. I need to say this right now. So here we are with Mr. James Casey from Trey Anastasio Band. James, on, how man? we doing, man? How we I'm, doing? I'm doing okay. You know, it's a it's a it's a nice day outside. So we're good. We're good. It's a nice day. It's a new day. So for everyone out there listening, aside from Trey, James says he's worked with some amazing artists, some world class artists, including The Roots, Anderson Pack, Fish, Wu Tang, J Cole, John Legend, Dave Matthews. The list, it goes on. James is a producer as well as a saxophone player, singer, percussionist. James, man, so glad to have you here on the show. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. So I think a good way to start this off would be talking about, you know, some of the things you've learned from different artists along the way and specifically what you think is most important when it comes to being a band leader and, and also a great bandmate. Cool. All right. So those are two different things. I mean, completely different things. I'm 39. Uh, so I've been in this industry my whole life, and uh, you learn a lot along the way. Being a good bandmate is more is all about just listening, you know, listen and take in stuff, and then actually just be okay with being wrong, be okay with your ideas not necessarily being the ones that make it to the thing you know what i'm saying be okay with you not having the best idea or the best like the, the way it should go might not be your way but it might be your way and that's okay you know um be okay with with criticism be okay with people just being like you know it might not be this way uh if you can do that you will go a whole lot longer than people who are like, yeah, but I'm right. And you might be right, but no one cares. Like, <laughs> you might be right. You might have the best idea. You might have, like, your music or your whatever might be the best thing, but it doesn't matter because you're not in charge. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be okay with that. Now, being a leader, the other part, I mean, that's, that's hard because it's the same thing. You might have the best idea, and you have to be okay with you being leader guy not being in control all the time, mm. which is a whole nother, that's a whole different topic and a whole, uh, it's, it's, it's more difficult to deal with than being, um, than being somebody who uh, acquiesces to, some, to, to, to leadership. So, I mean, I learned a lot, but it, I mean, when I first moved to New York, I had a lot of old heads like sit me down and, and tell me like, look, it's okay. Like you have, you're talented and we're not gonna worry about like your direction. What we're gonna worry about is just how you interact with other people. I have a lot of ideas. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those type of people who have a lot of ideas for things and it's always trying something new. And that doesn't always work in leadership situations. You know, sometimes you just have to be the rock that lets everyone else do what they do. And um, you have to be okay with that as well. A really good band leader lets the people in their band be themselves. Prisons. I play in Trey Anastasio's band. Uh, Natalie, Jennifer, and I, we are a horn section and a vocal section. But 
we are great because of our own individual greatness or our own individual work ethic and excellence, like our striving for excellence. But when you put it together, like we're all trying to do the same thing. So that just makes everything that much easier and that much better and that much more musical and like, it's just, it's better. You know what I mean? Looking back at some of the most impactful lessons you've learned as an artist, what do you think are some of the most pivotal lessons you've learned that have caused you to be better? I, I think I just said it. I mean, you're not always right. That's the biggest lesson. You're not always right. Your ideas might be the perfect idea for this one thing, but it might not be the best thing for this thing. And most people who are in leadership positions feel like they have to alpha dog everything. They have to be like, all right, this is me. I'm the one in charge. Like, that's not the way it has to be. Like, it's I, I find a collaborative situation is better. So mm. to get to the point where if, if you're a musician and you're still a musician, like after 10 years, 15 years, you've been told you're right. You've been right. You've been, your your answer to a situation might have been the one many times along the line, but that doesn't mean it's always the case. And the best leaders know when to acquiesce. So that's that's the best leaders know when it's time to let somebody else be in front. So James, jump in, jump into the side a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd love to hear what you think it is about music that can cause for it to heal people. All right, so I come from the gospel background. The idea of spirituality with music is completely tied, and I've seen it change. I've seen when people hear songs or when people sing songs over and over again, or when people feel a certain a certain type of way from music and it changes their mindset or it changes their feeling or it changes their actions. I've, I've watched it happen so many times and I see it happen all the time, like uh, in every genre of music, in every style. I, I really don't know why it happens, but I, I know that it does because I've seen it so many times. I've seen it, I've seen people's whole, demeanor and like, like if you hear a song in the right way in the right time it could speak to you in a way that it never did before and it never will again and those moments those are the things that I strive for I want somebody to feel something from what I'm doing and sometimes sometimes you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it doesn't hit sometimes I'm feeling a certain type of way and it may not it may not reach you but when it does, I think, I mean, when it when it does hit, I guess one of the most beautiful things on earth. Where I come from in the in the gospel world, there will be a time in every in every service where we all sing together, right? And it's like a fellowship thing. Like no matter what's going on, if you're singing, you end up feeling like you you feel good, like like a you feel happy because the songs are happy and everybody's fellowship is happy. Or if the, the song is like really powerful, like you feel a certain type of way. And um, I've seen people's lives change like that. Mm. So, mm. Aside from getting to perform, I'd, I'd love to hear about some of the different things that have given you the most solace and relief um, with what you've been going through with, with your current cancer treatment. Oh, interaction with fans and friends. So uh, I went to school with a whole bunch of a whole bunch of great musicians, and I never get to play with them anymore because, like, it's like we've all like spread out and everything. And 
every once in a while I get to I get a chance to play with my friends and that really means something you know what I'm saying it like these are the people who I came up with musically and like we speak a language that you don't you don't get very often so it's like when you when you when you find a group of people that like like that you mess with musically it's it's a great thing so getting to hang with them getting to see them getting to play with them that's definitely giving me a boost and the interactions with the fans that have grown in the last year um have been way more than anything that I could have ever hoped for because we spend a whole lot of time by ourselves in the corner working on this music stuff jazz players tend to be very most musicians I guess most musicians who like really get to the point of being great or like really strive for greatness we spend a whole lot of time by ourselves in the room so by the like when we go out to to present it to to people like but especially jazz players where we tend to be so focused on what we're doing we're, we're not like openly facing we're not we don't interact as much with the crowd like miles used to play with his back to the audience and that was so he could play with his band but it's there's 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 there tends to be for people like me a bit of a barrier between like the crowd like the audience and the the the, the people and like us so this whole process has had i've had to open up just because of the way you know it works and the response from everyone has been way more than anything that i could have ever like ever mm. anticipated um mm. and i don't really know how to <laughs> truly express that I'm, I'm not very good at at showing appreciation as as much as you know many other people are but um the the way that the that the fans and like the music lovers and people who just reached out and shown love is that it's been a little difficult to experience having not experienced that for such a long time but that's 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 been the best part hmm. i'm curious what you've learned about managing and, and overcoming like fear and anxiety throughout Ooh. this whole treatment process Okay, so I mean, if you're you're a performer, so you know about the anxiety of going on stage. So I used to I used to have a lot of anxiety when um whenever because uh what I didn't know is I would have panic attacks because I have asthma. I had no idea. Um, but that anxiety doesn't really always. I mean, it it might diminish, and I and I'm much more comfortable. I'm so I'm I'm comfortable as hell on stage. I'm more comfortable on stage than I am off stage. But we played um this past weekend at. And with the capital at the capital theater with Phil Lesh, and I was singing songs that I did not know, so there was a bit of anxiety. There it was like you know some heart palpitations, like before I go on. It's like, all right, let's this is interesting. Let's 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 do this. But I mean, it it never really goes away. I mean, there's always in there a little bit somewhere, but you just go, you know, I mean, you you swallow it and go because I mean, all of that is just basically nervous energy and. At the end of the day, I know what I'm doing. So when I go on stage and perform, the second I start is we're good. And is this kind of an analogy to how you would manage and overcome the fear, you know, associated with with your disease? It's the same thing for everything. At least that's how I that's how I think. Mm. I, I, I kind of the way I view music is kind of the way I view life. So if you work on something 
really hard. Um, eventually you'll get better at it. If I work on dealing with this disease, eventually I'll get better at at least what I have to deal with, you know? Um, I'm not afraid of the possibilities and the outcome because I can't control anything that I can't control. What I can't control is what I, you know, put in my body, what I put out to the world. So I do what I can and I do what I can as well as I possibly can and then go forward. I mean, mm. everything else, you just, you deal with it when it comes, but I, there's no reason for me to be fearful about something that I can't control. So mm. let's just go forward positively. Mm. Well, I love, I love that outlook. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Just want to let y'all know we've got these hand-dyed, ice-dyed, weird music podcast hoodies and also tees. If you'd like one, let us know. We'd love to get you one. Also want to give a big shout out to Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium Brewing for sponsoring this podcast. And a big thank you to the geniuses over at Thrax CBD for sponsoring us with their amazing products. Got also want to give a big thank you to J&J Distribution, Ohio's premier Delta 8 and CBD wholesale supplier. Retailers, check out their brands Cloud 8, Compassionate Buds, and Zaza. Also, a big thank you to our local print shop, Franklinton Press. Definitely hit them up for any of your custom merch or custom printing needs. They'll take good care of you. Got links in the description. And yeah, much love, y'all. Now back to the episode. So, you know, going through life, we, you know, we go through things, but we also have to be a friend to people who in our, in our lives go through things. And, and I'd like to hear from you kind of some of the ways people close to you in your life have made a difference for you as you've been going ah, through this. All right. So if you look right there, uh, I know, I'm so, for people, I know it's a podcast. I'm sorry for, uh, for everybody who's viewing this uh, behind me. I have a, uh, a bunch of stuff. And um, one of the things that I'm pointing to right now is a, is a, um, is a vinyl of Marvin Gaye, uh, one of Marvin Gaye's uh, old albums called The Soulful Moves. And uh, a fan turned friend sent me that vinyl, not knowing that my grandfather played on that record. So like they sent me that just because, you know, everybody would send me vinyls when I, uh, when I first got diagnosed and Trey sent me a, a record player and a lot of people sent me things. But the fact that somebody went out of the way to send me something not knowing how you know how it actually <laughs> actually would hit that's that, that's amazing man and um everyone who sent me stuff and everyone who's reached out during this whole time has made this whole thing even like it has made it so much easier because of the love that they've sent so mm. and what about with your closest friends with my closest friends okay so uh my closest friends my closest friends do all the things. Um, the things that are difficult, the the things that are this shit is hard, man. Um, doing going through chemo sucks. Going through chemo publicly, like in a public facing thing probably sucks that much more just because everyone sees everything so my friends are the only ones who are keeping me going not that's not true that's not true my friends are the ones who are keeping me going like in the day-to-day you know what i'm saying i could talk uh 
every conversation that I have with anybody outside of my like my close circle is always heavy because it's always about the first thing that everyone asks about is how are you doing? Like how are you feeling? How you know it's 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 always about that. And my friends are my friends, they the thing that they've done is they've stayed who they were. You know, they they don't ask mm. anything else. They're not asking about how I'm doing. We're still talking about the Ravens. You know what I'm saying? We're still talking about football. We're still talking about like the things that have mattered to me this whole time. And that's the thing that has made it so much easier to deal with. Mm. They they take the stress of this mess off. Do you feel like there's been any minor or major shifts in what's important to you since yes. the diagnosis? Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, family, more important than anything. It's always been more important than anything, but unfortunately with this uh with this career with this i mean the music the music industry and the artist's career art you get so much you 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 get we get so focused on ourselves that um like it's hard to do man it's hard to do but this whole process has gotten me back to the things that are more important to me and the things that are most important to me is my family and the people around me. The way that I view it is cancer kind of distills everything out. Like it hits you, it's a wrecking ball. It literally knocks everything out and it distills everything in your life to the things that are most important because all I have right now is my friends and family, music and health, that's it. So. These are the three things that I have to deal with. And these are the only three things that I have to deal with going forward, at least right now. So I'm curious what you've learned ultimately brings you as an artist, the most like true fulfillment. I said it, man, it's playing with my friends because when I'm playing with my friends, I can use the full ability that I have because we know each other so well, because we're all like in that same place. The, the possibilities are endless. And that's the thing that I, you know, that, that I love. And it doesn't happen very often. Like you, when you find a group of people that like that you mess with musically, it's, it's incredible. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, I'm sure that Trey feels the same way about fish. Cause I mean, those are the four, I mean, that's that, that's that group that they've, worked it out together they've grown together and they've been you know they know each other's music they know each other's musicality as well as anybody who would know i mean as well as you know train and miles did you know as well as you know anybody has in in the history of of all this stuff so i mean it, that I, i'm trying to impart on your on your listeners that like that that means something that really does mean something like um uh, one of my closest musical collaborators is uh, Louis Cato. Louis Cato is uh, he's a multi-instrumentalist, um, one of my best friends. He actually is uh, my niece's father. Um, and we don't get to play at all. He's now the, the house band leader of um, um, Stephen Colbert uh, show. And we don't get to play at all anymore. Uh, we get to play maybe like once a year. But when we do it every time, it's, it's, it's incredible just because we've, we grew up together musically. But I mean, when we get to do things, 
it's beautiful. It's nice. So when I get to play with my friends, it's, I love it. Um, <laughs> because of that, I'm trying to uh, make a situation where I can continue to play with my friends often. But, mm -hmm. How would you say getting to play with your friends, performing live, writing music, how would you say that that's like a spiritual experience for you? Okay, so let's talk about improvisation for a second. I feel like there, for me, there's two different ways that, that I go about improv. The mental way and then it's the emotional way. It's, I try to use a combination of both. Everybody who gets deep enough into their, you know, their instrument or their, their art, they, they, it, it becomes more than just the, the technical. It's the emotional, it's the, the thing that you're putting into it that's just you, that's of you. It's, it's, it's your emotion, bro. It's, it's all of it. And, and I, I, I kind of follow the, the path of Coltrane a little bit. The whole idea for me in improvis improvisation is be able to go straight from my brain straight out. So no thinking, no nothing, it just goes straight. Um, but that's an emotional thing. Like you can only get to that point if it's straight emotion and straight, like you're not thinking about the horn anymore. You're not thinking about the instrument anymore. The instrument, you've gotten to the point of the instrument being one with you. And making it sound like real, like, like fanciful or whatever, but that's kind of the only way that I can, I know how to put it that everybody can get it. But like at a certain point, it's more, it's not about the technical things. It's not about the, the, the stuff you worked out. It's not about the really intricate stuff that, that will make everybody go wow and ooh and ah. No, 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 man. At the end of the day, it's about that shit that's inside of you. So you gotta just like, it's, I feel this, I need to say this right now. One of my mm. favorite, favorite musicians on earth, his name is Nick Casarino. He plays in uh, the If Power. He's been uh, on this show actually, big fan. Man, he, this, I've, I've known him for years, played with him for years. He's one of my favorite musicians of all time because of the fact that at a certain point inside, whenever he plays, it's just, it's straight from here, straight out. And not everybody can tap in like he can. And, and that's straight, that's straight. I mean, you call it emotional, you call it spiritual, you can call it whatever you want, but it's, I think of that feeling that whatever essence, whatever you want to call it, as all kind of the same thing. So the spirituality, the emotion, all of that of me playing, of me like pouring, whatever it, it, it that's when the, the theory goes out the window. That's when all of that stuff, it's, it's just what I, it's like, it's, it's guttural. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's how you, it's, it's as primal as it gets, you know? Yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, branching out further from this topic, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear, how you draw inspiration from things other than music? Oh man, everything. <laughs> I'm sure everybody feels this way. All the artists feel this way, but like we all draw from life. Life is what we use as a template for our art. So I mean, just because. Okay, here we go. Just because this particular thing that I that I uh painted the other like a couple of weeks ago doesn't necessarily look like anything that you think that it looked like I mean this is my idea what art is you know what I'm saying this this is I think that this looks like Squidward's arm you know whatever but that's, <laughs> that's my thought that's I see that idea. now you know what I'm saying <laughs> what is art you know what I'm saying art is I don't know art 
art is a subjectively beautiful thing. And I, I we play music and I play an instrument that only has one note at a time. So, I mean, I can only do so much mm -hmm. in terms of bringing in things from outside to inside the art. So um, the medium that I normally work out of is improvisation. So I guess emotion would be the, the thing that I draw from outside. So basically however I'm feeling, I, if I'm mad, that solo is gonna be mad as hell. If I'm happy, it's you know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's just it's I'm pulling out what I'm feeling at the time, unless it's something specific. But um, in terms of all other types of art, I mean like like writing and things like that, that you have to draw from something. Um, I had a teacher my first year in college tell me, uh, tell me and I guess the rest of the class that yeah, I gotta get out the practice room. You have to get out the practice room and go live some life because you don't have anything to play about. You, mm. you, you literally just be running scales because like, you don't have anything. If you don't have anything that people can latch on to, man, you just, you're just basically make a noise. I'd love to hear you talk about some specific things about some of your favorite artists that you admire that you think separates them from other artists. Stevie Wonder is the best person to ever walk the earth. That's that's number one, and that's always number one. It, 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 Stevie Wonder is the best person to ever pick up any instrument. He's the first. He's the best person to ever write a damn song, and um, that's where we start, and that's where we end. Work ethic. I think that is the biggest thing that I learned from most of the major artists that I play with. While it looks, it might look like one thing on the outside, they work hard as hell. And they all like, they're, if once you get to a certain level, you're very, very, very calculated about what you do. Bruce Springsteen works really hard still. He doesn't need to work really hard. He's done all the things. He That man is, that man has lived five different lifetimes for like as many people as whatever, but he still works hard as hell. Like Trey is what, 57, 58, something like that. They don't have to do anything except continue. But Trey literally is on the phone with, you know, with his, you know, his group, his team every day working out something new because they're always working. They're always preparing. They're always going. They're always going for it. It's the work ethic that makes it, man. And a lot of people think that one, like you just like get to whatever fame or you get to the thing and and and, and you're good. No, the second you stop working is the second you start falling. And the second you stop like innovating, the second you stop trying is the second like all that stuff just goes away. So I think that's the thing that I learned from every every single person on that level work ethic they all work really really hard hmm. i think it'd be really cool for you to talk about some of the things that you admire specifically about your other bandmates in trey band ha! okay so uh let's start with russ russ lawton is a rock drummer that is i think he's about i think he's about 68 too somewhere around there and there's no way in hell that he's able to do what he does at all. Like this man, this man 
he walks like something somewhere around 20 to 30,000 steps every day before we start playing. Like he's literally like, like he's, he, <laughs> you all don't know how hard it is to play drums for four hours straight. That's, that's, this is stupid. It's ridiculous. I mean, like the, 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 the work that we do with Trey Spade is asinine. But like the, the, this, this man does it and he, and you know, he keeps his time and his energy. And I, I, I mean, having played drums my whole life, I don't know how he does it every night. I hope that you all understand how much work that this man puts in and how, like, how incredible it is that he's doing what he's doing. That's number one. All right, that's Russ. Ray. Russ and Ray. Like, they're, 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 little, they're, they're duo, they're tandem, and you can't have one without the other. Well, you can't, but you should. And them two together is... It's, 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 it's just mad. like Jennifer and I just kind of like sit over there and just like watch and just smile. They're friends. They came up playing together. So they sound like they came up playing together. They sound great. They sound like a like a tandem duo. So them being the rhythm section, being in the rhythm section with Trey's band makes it go that much farther. Uh, what you all probably don't know is that Ray really, really loves Monk. The Lonely Monk. And he brings in a whole bunch of stuff that y'all just don't, y'all are. It's not that you all aren't paying attention to it. It's just that you don't know to pay attention to it because a lot of the people who listen to the jam band stuff don't really know about jazz language and how it actually works and where the jam band stuff actually comes from. So he's bringing things in in the same way that I do from other genres and other 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 places and it's i appreciate it in a way that i mean i'm i i hope that you all get to listen to it and appreciate more Dez, Dez is the bass player now Dez took over for tony once tony passed and uh Dez, i've known Dez for about probably about 10 years so maybe a little longer because of the jazz scene Dez is one of my favorite bass players on earth because this is before he's doing the band, just because Dez plays bass like a drummer. And most of my favorite bass players are drummers and vice versa. He brings the best parts about jazz improvisation to this stuff. So the best parts about jazz improvisation to me in, that we don't get to deal with in like chamba and type music is um, more harmonic possibilities jam band they tend to stick with one chord maybe two chords and they kind of weave in between those two uh in jazz we tend to place a whole lot of altered chords because it changes the nature of you know where you're improvising and you know you can you have different options because this comes from the jazz background he puts in a whole lot of other stuff which allows us to just be more do more just be better it allows us to have a full, a fuller improvisatory experience. That's a better word. Um, zero. <laughs> zero, zero, man. Zero. Zero Baptista is one of the funniest people on earth. And there's there's no getting around it. He's 72. These are, I mean, and he's playing percussion. I don't think you all know how difficult it is to do something very small 
like this over and over again in time for hours and hours and hours. Y'all are dancing off beat. This man is playing on beat and he's killing the game. Cyril is inventive in a way that most people wish they could like, most people wish they were. He is, he's that dude. He's, he is that dude. He's the one who, he's the Steve Jobs. He's the one who makes things up. He's the, he's the, the idea guy. And I wish I knew, I, I wish I knew him when he was younger. I, mean, I wish, I mean, I wasn't born, but I wish I knew what he was like when he was, you know, when he was my age, I'm sure it was crazy, ridiculous, but no, he's, he's one of the best musicians on earth. And it, and his ingenuity and his curiosity is, is kind of what makes him that, that dude, like he's still trying to learn. And I think the curiosity, like we, all of us are extremely curious. And I think that's kind of, kind of what got us to this point, but he is, he's one of one. Mm -hmm. All right, not a girls. Uh, Jennifer is the reason I got in the bed. Jennifer is the one who uh, recommended me to Trey. And Jennifer is, if if you didn't know, you might miss it. But her musicality is such that it's not about the big things. It's about the little things. Um, everybody knows, everybody sees like the, 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 the singing and like the giant solos and all that stuff. But a lot of the a lot of the lines that we do in Trey's band, like within within the songs, she makes up. Well, Jennifer and Natalie make up a lot of them, but the ones that the ones that Jennifer makes up work so well with this style of music because she comes from this style of music. Like she's she's been in this band for since basically since the beginning of the span. She has a sensibility that I don't have. I come from a different thing. And I appreciate just her sensitivity to the style of music that we're in. And she like she's sensitive to it, which I'm not. Which I, I that that's I'm, I'm I'm basically stating the differences between us, and and that's the thing that I appreciate that much more because she is so much different than I am, and that's that's her. That's what I appreciate about her. Now, Natalie, Natalie, and I are the most alike in the band and because we both we both come from extremely musical backgrounds musical families all of us do but her i mean it's, it's different and uh knowing that like, her dad used to be in this band and her dad used to play with um, santana and her mom's a singer and this you know that's her background um natalie works the hardest out of anybody i know And she's one of the most talented people I've ever met. And I don't, uh, again, like the, the things that you all see, you see, you see like the, the solos that you see us playing, you see like the little things, like you all don't see how much work it actually takes to do what we do. And she plays trombone. That's a ridiculous instrument. It's a, it's a stupid fucking instrument. I, I love the trombone. I used to play it. I used to play it. But playing, Doing what we do right now is ridiculous. Like we're we're the three of us are playing analog instruments where everything else is 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 digital and amplified and 
all this stuff and like no one else has to work nearly as hard as, as us three. And then on top of that, she is always, and I mean always prepared. In a way that no one I've ever met is always prepared. And I I hope that she gets all the shine that like that she could ever want because it's hard to put into words how great she is. And it's hard to put into words how difficult it is for everyone to see how great she is. Because she plays a difficult instrument. People are mostly looking at her as, a, as opposed to listening to her. And it's got to be rough. It's got to be rough. But she's, in, from, in, in my opinion, she's the most talented out of all of us. And she's, she's the one who I'm looking forward to seeing what happens later. When I first joined the band, it was more of a tentative thing. Like I didn't know Trey, I didn't know these people. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how our interactions were going to be. That was 10 years ago. Now, you don't really talk about growth for people you know, over a certain age, but Trey's grown musically since I joined the band, especially in like the last, the last five, six years. His musicality is such that, and it goes back to the thing that I was saying before, uh, all of us are very curious and he's very curious and he's curious about new music and he's curious about you know, his own musicality and you know growth and everything. He's still learning. He's still trying to improve. And that is the only thing, I'm not, not the only thing, but that's the best part about all of this. It's the best part about everything, about about the musicians who are on this level who are still trying to get better. Because we're still trying to get better, there's more to learn, there's more to play. And, and that's why it works. And it works with him because he's that dude. And him being curious and him being the leader guy makes the whole thing, you know, makes the collective better. Which goes back to what I was saying before, it's the sum of the parts. It's much more than it is. So he being leader plus band member who's still growing makes it all work. Hmm. What three things might you tell a person who just learned yesterday of their cancer diagnosis? Um, what three things? Ooh. Breathe. Because they're telling you a lot of information. That first conversation is a lot. So Breathe. Breathe and know that you can ask all the questions. That's 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 one. Two. Shore up your circle. Make sure the people who are close to you are the people who need to be close to you. And number three. It's okay. It's okay. And the thing that's okay is everyone else will be okay. Every, I mean, for, for me, one of the most difficult things is, has been seeing everyone's face when they talk to you and trying to let them know that it's okay without lying. And that's 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 one of the bigger things 
letting people know that's okay. I mean, let letting other people, I mean, letting the people who, you know, are sick know that it's okay to be sick. It's okay to show that you're sick. And all of it is okay. You know what I mean? Like, when I first got sick, I was always trying to be, trying to show that I was fine. I was trying to, like, outwardly project fine so the people around me wouldn't worry. So the people around me wouldn't. You don't have to do that. You you feel how you're feeling. And it's okay. Um. Yeah, I think that that's the third one. That's that. Yeah. It's okay mm. to feel how you're feeling. It's okay to be where you are. And it's a, like, that's fine. It's okay. You don't have to project for anybody else. You don't have to show anything. It's, it's okay to be who you are, be how you're feeling, and, and be okay with that. I think that's the, the third. Mm. Yeah. And final question for you here, James. If there's one lesson, one takeaway from, from your story, your whole life, what, you, what you've gone through what you've accomplished, what you've learned, what would what would you say that one takeaway is? Oh, uh, you don't know the answer. That's it. You don't know the answer. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know when I auditioned for Berkeley that I was going to get a scholarship, and I didn't know that when I got that scholarship, that didn't mean that I actually got in. I didn't know that when I got the phone call for this from this dude named Trey. Some from some band called Fish that that was going to change my life, but it did. I don't know the answer, but and it's okay to it's okay to not know the answer. It's all right to try. It's really really good to try. Always try, and if you mess up, that's fine. If you don't make it, that's fine. If you if you fail, you're supposed to fail. You can't succeed without failing. That's that's the biggest takeaway. You can't succeed without failing. So try. Failure is part of the process, and I fail every damn day. You, you're no one's perfect, and you're never going to be. And I know that a lot of musicians and a lot of artists, once we get to a certain point, we, we, we're still striving for perfection. You're never going to get there. Perfection, you've heard this before. Perfection, like you strive for perfection, you're you're sacrificing the excellence that you could be getting. Mm. So, go for go for excellence. Make those mistakes. And then do better the next time. James motherfucking Casey on the Weird Music Podcast. My man. Wishing you all the best. Rooting you on. Can't wait to see you out here on tour. Oh, Thanks again, oh. man. Yeah, what's up? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, so this is... If this, this, if this is coming out when you say it, which is, I guess, not today, but next week or so. Early November. Early November? Uh, Early November. So I guess by this time, I will have announced that I'm coming out with a Christmas record. Ooh. That that announcement's coming on the first. So next week. Cool. Uh, well, this would have just been announced then. Bet. Christmas Boom. record. It's it's happening. It's it's coming out on November. Well, the first song is coming out November 14th. Uh that's the first thing that I've ever put out under my name. So hell yeah. This would be a very interesting little, little situation. And mm. you're the first time I've talked about it. So Hey, hey. let's go. Let's go. Can't wait to hear it. James Casey, stay tuned for what he's got coming. Much love, my man. Appreciate it.